On TV. Online. On it like a car bonnet. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Coming up on today's show, I am tired as bleep. I don't know what country I'm in. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I just got back from the UK yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was I yesterday. Think I'm in America. It was yesterday. Yes. Uh, we've. G- <laughs> I've been all over the charts, and apparently more of it's coming up for me uh, later on this month. Uh, so I got back yesterday. We do have an event recap. To go over last night, I hosted a charity event for Vanessa Selbs called Blinds and Justice. Shark Cage Heat Number Two is out. Uh, we are at the tail end of the W Coop. Uh, as always, there's a super fan versus Stapes this week. We've got a super fan, Pedro Almeida, and his specialist subject is Shark Cage Season One. And uh, we've also got another event to recap. The lads and I didn't happen at the Hippodromes. We got a packed show today. I am Joe Stapleton. I would like to introduce my work wife, James Hardigan. I feel like I only saw you yesterday, in fact it was the day before, and already you have been back across the ocean, hosted a charity event, put together a podcast running order, and here you are. Have you slept in the last 48 hours? I've slept a grand total of like maybe, I'll say nine hours over the last 72 hours. It's about Ooh. three hours at a clip, because I got back from Vanessa's thing around uh, 2.30 in the morning, and I was back up at 6 prepping the show, so I have not slept very much. Uh, James, before we get too far into this show, yeah. um, we got to send out we got to send out a basket of, uh, of apology kittens. Yeah, there's a few people. If I look down uh, the Twitter timeline and look at who's been uh, tagging their tweets, EPT not live, uh, a few people uh, were called out on last week's show. Scott Campbell says he got his pants well and truly pulled down and says it's safe to say there'll be no more assuming from me. Scott was the guy who assumed that uh, um, George Danza would win the first shark cage heat because he was our guest last week. And then we have Fahan got a battering from Stapes and Hartigan on EPC Not Live. Rest assured, I'll be selling my side of the story to the highest bidder. Now, Farhan, uh, I think, was a little more jovial in that tweet maybe than he was in real life. Farhan, that's a basket of apology kittens for you. James and I were a little rough on Farhan last week. I told him that he was welcome to come on the show and rebut in any way that he likes, but I think he, he decided he'd be better off not putting himself in a position for us to accidentally, on purpose, throw him under the bus again. <laughs> it was said with love. Everything we said was said with love. No, I was saying some of it for just to be a dick, but um, well, I, but I do love being a dick, so I guess maybe that uh, counts for something. Me and Farhan actually streamed together last week, and it was good. Farhan was good on the air, and um, <laughs> he, I think he enjoyed it a little too much. That's all I'm going to say. No, it's not too much, but he had a really good time. Basically, these guys, those guys had a party. We'll get into that a little bit later, and he was just grinning ear to ear and kept calling me co-host. Wow, the, uh, the party, yeah. So I think that Farhan had a really good time jumping on the Twitch. Stream. I so am talent now. 
That's right. Hopefully takes it as a consolation prize. Uh, James, I think we got some uh, some social media beefs we got to get to. And well, if you can give just me one before, second here. Just before we get to those, let's let's deal with the complimentary tweets, shall we? Because I know you love having smoke. Oh, we smoke. got some good tweets. Let's do it. You Ta- love having let's, smoke let's... blown up your ass, Joe. Um, we've got Sean, by the way, who has declared that he is a fan of the show and is throwing the gauntlet down at Stapes. He's basically nominating himself as a future superfan. His specialist subject being NES and SNES video games. So I may yeah i'm in i may have to activate the waster to come up with some good questions on that one um there a lot of people wait can we talk about that guy for a second though why does he have a blue check mark next to his name is he somebody is he like a thing well that means he is verified by twitter as the real sean trembath i mean have you seen how many sean trembath imposters a lot of fake sean trembaths out there yeah there was tons of those you know what james i want to be verified on twitter like maybe more than anything in the world well here's the thing sean is the digital media guy for the star phoenix now you need to get a gig that prestigious joe before you can have a blue check mark the star phoenix is that a newspaper it's a website it sounds like a chinese restaurant well anyway that's the kind of brand association (laughs) you need to get yourself the blue check mark a lot of people by the way have been tweeting pictures this week not gonna lie to you nice to look at them they don't necessarily work on a podcast. But John Barry, thank you for showing us you wearing your brand new Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt that you won on this show. Uh, and the shot of you winning your home game. Um, the photograph of the other players in your home game. Oh, and the Superman video clip that you sent. And he did send something else, which we'll come to a bit later on in the show. And literally, just as we came on air, Sam tweets a photograph of his girlfriend wearing his Chop Pot hoodie. How's the girlfriend look? Should I pull it up? Is it worth it? Uh, You can only see her from the rear because obviously the logo is on the back of the hoodie. Not necessarily a terrible thing. No, I'm into it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with Sam Werger's girlfriend. More, more please. And finally, Daniel got in touch. This is at Lemish32 to say great podcast with George Danza and his ridiculous hair. He should be on the list of super fans, by the way. Remember how you asked me for names this week, James? That's should, right. We are still it. taking nominations, and I am now constructing a list. So over the course of the next few weeks, as we get closer to Christmas, um, we'll be uh, tapping up more of you guys to come on the show and potentially win some prizes. So, James, it wasn't all good news on Twitter, though, huh? Did you have a social media beef this week? Oh, yes. Is that what we're doing now? So we're no longer scraping the social media mailbox barrel. We are now talking about social media beefs. Now it's yee-hoo, social media beefs. Yeah, I was finding myself. (laughs) Oh, that sound effect is awesome. Oh, good. It it does it again. Uh, I I can do whatever I want. Oh, (laughs) it's it's like the Maurice Hawkins hawk sound. It's it's never going to get old. I found myself on Sunday night watching a god-awful football game. My team, the San Francisco 49ers, were being shellacked by the Arizona Cardinals. So once they were down like 40 points, I decided I'll just pick up my phone and just see what's going on on the internet and go on to Twitter. And David Tuckman, who of course is a poker commentator, but also a pundit on American football, um, made some comment about Colin Kaepernick not being very good, which is fair comment. And David does speak out on issues in the NFL. I didn't have a problem with what he said, and I don't necessarily disagree with him in saying that maybe getting rid of Alex Smith and holding on to Kaepernick was not such a good idea. What I did have an issue with is the fact that instead of writing the name Colin Kaepernick, David had tagged Kaepernick7, at Kaepernick7. Now, I want to be clear here. Number one, I don't have a problem with David Tuckman expressing an opinion. 
Number two, I don't disagree with David's opinion. Number three, I'm aware that Colin Kaepernick is a grown man, he's in the public eye and he can cope with it. But it just is symptomatic of a huge problem that you and I talk about all the time on this show, on our live streams, when we're out and about, which is this obsession that people on social media have with trying to make sure that what they say is seen by the person they're saying about. And I just don't get it. The only reason, surely, to tag someone in a tweet is because you want them to see it, even though there's a remote chance that they might. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, James. I mean, you and I are on the same page about this. I think it's a... I, I do think there's one other reason you could be doing it. Like, you think that maybe you'll get more social media traction if you put the person in the tweet, uh, meaning that, like, maybe he's more likely to get retweeted or picked up yeah. by, like, picked up by, like, ESPN as, like, the best tweets of the week, which, if you ask me, is still not a good enough reason. Um, even though that Colin Kaepernick is a, is a millionaire, I think was one of Dave's arguments, he's a millionaire and he should expect criticism. He's still a human being and you just, you just don't need to tag someone. Like, it doesn't add anything to the argument. Here's uh, my problem still... with it. I think it makes the person who's writing it look like a bit of a douche because my perception of that is you want them to see that you've said something negative. Well, aren't you the big man? Um, and... What was but, annoying? But you and Tuckman, you guys, you guys got into this though. Well, this. it went I on mean, forever. Wasn't just this is something which I think many of us have learned. Trying to have a discussion, and I'm going to call it a discussion rather than an argument on Twitter, is such a mistake because you can only type 140 characters at a time, which everyone knows. Although I think I read yesterday that that might be changing, and that means that. You know, it's very difficult to get that flow of a conversation going and points get lost. And I really struggled and I thought I was making myself clear, but I really struggled both to David and to people who were listening in on the conversation. Trying to explain, this is the point I'm trying to make. I'm not arguing about Kaepernick. I'm not arguing about your opinion of him. I'm arguing about the social media etiquette of tagging someone in a critical tweet. And, and the problem is, James, is that when you want to have this argument, the word douche nozzle takes up so many characters. So <laughs> if you want to call someone a douche nozzle twice in a tweet, that's like basically all the argument you get. To cut a long story short, David concluded that he didn't in he, or claim that he didn't include Colin Kaepernick's Twitter handle because he wanted him to see it. When he's writing about people on Twitter, as far as he's concerned, if you have a Twitter handle, you should use it because that's your identity on Twitter. So I don't actually think he intended any malice but i still think that you shouldn't include the handle that's a really that is such a dumb answer i'm sorry that answer is so dumb i like tuckman that answer is i mean i would much rather the answer of like hey like i want maybe my tweet will get picked up by one of the newswires and then i'll get more followers like that at least makes more sense to me of like that's your, like as far as i'm concerned in the twitterverse we only refer to each other by our twitter handles come on there's two things. Come on. That, there's two things that came out of this, though, which I found quite interesting. One was something that David said, which is he believes that if you're paid to do a job, then you deserve or you are open to being criticised on social media. So he's basically saying that you and I, because of what we do, which has public profile, should accept and understand that it comes with the territory. Now, I'm thick-skinned. And I can tolerate it, but do I think it's right? No. And I don't believe that 
you know, if you're paid to do a job, then somehow everyone should have the right to sling shit at you on the internet. Well, no, I actually do agree agree with Dave here slightly in that if yes, like you and I, Colin Kaepernick, whoever it is, we are in. It's Kaepernick. We are putting ourselves. It's Kaepernick. What is it? Kaepernick. I, well, who is I think? Who's the guy that discovered all the planets? Kaepernickus. <laughs> Copernicus. Okay, I'm confusing something I care about with something I don't. Anyway, <laughs> uh, which is science, by the way, not your stupid sports. Um, but regardless, I do agree that you know we put ourselves out there. We put ourselves on television. We are asking for a certain amount of criticism, which I think is perfectly fine on television, in a newspaper article, on a blog, uh, uh, on 2 plus 2 forums, right? But that all of those things are where you and I would have to go seek out that criticism, just like Colin Kaepernick would have to. So, but unfortunately, and the only point I made in this argument between you and Dave on Twitter is that when you put someone's at reply in it, now granted, probably not his, but most people, you get an alert. That criticism gets sent directly to your cell phone. It comes into your home. It comes into your conversation. It comes into your bedroom. And that's the part that I think is fucked up. So if Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to put on ESPN because he doesn't want to see people are talking about it, he has the right to do that. But when you're tagging him and stuff, you're directly sending it to his brain to his eye holes and his ear holes. And that's the part I think is messed up. And the final argument, which wasn't made by David, it was made by, I think it was Lost in Poker, who's a regular viewer of EPT Live when we're at our live events, um, which is that he felt that if you include the at handle, that that's a good thing because you're saying it to their face rather than behind their backs. Dude, you're not saying it to their face. You're saying it anonymously on social media. You're still saying it behind their back. They could just hear you. <laughs> yes, precisely. So, Joe, you did this stream with Fahan, and then you went to his party in the evening. Is that right? This is the party to which I was not invited. Now, I don't think you were not invited. You were literally not invited in that, like, the invites went out over Facebook. And also, it's always a weird thing having an office party, you know, because you must have been, like, you had a time in your life, James, when you were cool and had parties and stuff. Because there's, like, there's some people you want well, to come and had, some people you don't. I had dinner parties. I had wine and cheese parties, certainly. Wine and cheese parties. Oh, my God. You, you wild man. You crazy person. Um, you know, there's people you want to come to your party and people you don't. And sometimes the people you don't want to come is more for, like, political reasons than because you don't, like, like the person. Like, maybe you don't want your boss coming to the party. And then the other thing is sometimes people end up not getting invited because you're afraid if they get invited, then you got to invite like a whole mess of other people. Um, this invite went out on Facebook only, which I think, James, had you been on Facebook, you would have gotten the invite. But who knows? Maybe I'm getting these guys in trouble <laughs> just for talking about the party at all. It was pretty cool. Oh, great. It was a good time. Wonderful. The thing is, the thing is, in all honesty, in all just honesty, stop. It's not your kind of party. I, I would never have gone. have gone. I wanted an exactly. invitation so that I could say no. I understand. I've been there before, but it, that's one of those situations where, like, when you're the one doing it, it makes sense, and but nobody wants to hear about it. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about how you weren't going to go, but what? But it would have been nice to have been asked. When it's not you, uh, nobody cares. But it was it was a really cool party. They got an awesome place. It was uh, I, I don't I'm not going to name people's names anymore, but there's like three guys who work at Poker Stars, uh, really good guys, and uh, they had a beer pong table set up and. So lots of people from the Poker Stars office there, and I find that when I meet people from the office, like face to face, I usually meet one of three people. 
I will meet the person who doesn't know who the fuck I am and also didn't even know we make TV shows. That that's, kind of that's person. That's 90% of the office, to be fair. That's most of the people. Then I will meet uh, the kind of person that is like, for lack of a better word, is just hero worship. Oh my God, what, I can't believe it. You're the coolest. And that's point zero zero two percent point zero 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 two percent but to be fair i love it every single time i'm like oh no come on let's talk about you but seriously the other day when i was on set for shark cage um and then there's a third person and this is the person who pretends not to care about the fact that i'm on tv but then also feels the need to try to cut me down a lot and say things like oh mr big tv star is here and they're not really I mean, they're just being assholes. And there was one of these assholes at the party. And he I, was just I, just, I told you, I wasn't dick. there. <laughs> and this guy basically ruined the party for me because every time I'm involved in a conversation with him, he's got to, like, insult me. And I just, it's just not worth it to fight back, you know? Like, I'm at someone else's house. Um, Is he the kind of person who's going to use the middle urinal in the toilets? Yeah, he is. He's the kind of person that's going to use the middle urinal and then look over. Did I say urinal? Why did I do that? Middle urinal. And uh, and then if you use the one next to him, he'll like bump into you and laugh. Oh, wow. Like just really creepy, aggressive behavior. Is he the kind who goes so far as to accidentally trickle on your shoe? It, oh, like in the Natural Born Poker Player video? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's who it's based on. <laughs> and the other thing is that this guy's this guy's huge. Like he's a really big, intimidating guy. But like at one point he came up, he had a date with him or a girlfriend, I don't know what. He came up and then he started he like started touching my girlfriend's tattoos. Like my girlfriend was there and she's got like tattoos and he's like, Oh, what's up with this one? And like touching them and just basically he's just one kind of annoying person uh kind of chased me away from the party, but it wasn't before. I don't even know how those guys pulled this off. But like at one thirty in the morning, Jake Cody showed up. Jake Cody and JP Kelly came and played beer pong. Jake Cody and JP Kelly lured by the promise of free alcohol, no doubt. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Free alcohol. And I will say the boys did a very good job. There were a bunch of uh, very attractive women at the party. It wasn't the complete nerd fest I was expecting. So I had a really good time there. Just wanted to thank those guys for having me. Uh, just one other funny thing happened while I was in London last week. Yeah. So because of the Rugby World Cup happening, um, apparently every single hotel room in central London was booked up, and so I had to stay a place that I don't normally stay. It's really weird because I, we, I've been hearing from like all the travel agents, they've never known anything like this. Even when we had the Olympics in London three years ago, there were still rooms. But with the Rugby World Cup, I mean, it's literally at capacity. And the hotels that do have rooms are charging like sometimes five times their normal rate. It's ludicrous. Right. And so I got put in a hotel that I'm not, nor, not accustomed to, and I can see there were rooms left in this hotel because I'm going to read to you a sign that was hanging in the lobby when I arrived. We are a social enterprise providing quality budget hotel services and meeting facilities. The business supports international and home students studying in London, providing affordable accommodation in a multicultural, multi-faith environment. So 
I was already like a little weirded out by some of the wording here. Uh, first of all, being budget hotel. Uh, hello. Um, second, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, second being multi-faith environment. And then I see at the bottom of this sign, it is, it is signed by the Methodist Church. I was staying in a Christian hotel. Praise be. <laughs> now, was this intentional? Was this meant to sort of uh, exercise my demons? I honestly, and I'm going to speak for the production team here, I don't think anyone knew. And also, it was a case of, there's a hotel with rooms. Put him in it. I don't think anyone looked at the detail. No one read the blurb. It's a case of, there's a room. Book it. Well, the most embarrassing part was now that I now that I know it's like a Christian hotel, I'm wondering like if they're watching my behavior. Because so on the first night, um, I... I I don't know if I've ever talked about her before on the show. I have a Slovakian massage therapist named Jana who occasionally visits me in my home uh, when I lived in London. <laughs> and Jana, believe it or not, cliche. Jana, believe it or not, despite the fact that she is from Slovakia, is very um, she's like super conservative and is anti-immigration. <laughs> she says with her Slovakian accent, "Get get the immigrants out." Anyway. Um, so I went downstairs to the front desk just to say that I was expecting my friend Yana and that they could let her in. And you know what they did, James? They, what, 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 you can probably guess this. They broke like the cardinal rule. One of like the three or four cardinal rules of hotels when Yana got there. Don't tell me they just gave her a key. They gave Yana the key to my room and the most fucked up part is that it was a guy that gave her the key, and I spoke to a woman about a friend coming to visit me. <laughs> so, like... Well, it's a place of peace, love, and harmony. Come on. So, a Christian hotel, my ass. They were doing everything I could to uh, end up with a Slovakian masseuse in my room. And I will say that I ended up staying in London much longer than I expected, and uh, so I decided to have my girlfriend come out for the weekend. And I got very bizarre looks from the people at the front desk girlfriend showed up and they had given a key to Yana the night before I can only imagine what they were thinking about me well chances are we won't be able to rebook that one then that's another hotel off the list everyone another one that Joe has burnt his bridges yeah (laughs) Uh, James uh, you want to do a little news Uh, little being the operative word let's just do a news flash 30 second headline update what's going on in poker today now it is time for EPT Not Live News. W Coop is over. And congratulations to Conadilio. Co- Co- I can't say this name. Conaldinio7 from Belgium, who won the W Coop main event. I believe there was a four way chop. I guess you're going to find out more, Joe, when you do the cards up coverage of this final table with your namesake, Jamie Staples. That is correct. Tomorrow, me and Jamie Staples, uh, Jamie's going to have uh, his stream up and running. I'm going to be the guest on his stream. We're going to go through the replay of all the uh, cards up action from the WCOOP final table. And I think, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned him on the podcast or not, but my boy Rory uh, made it onto the podcast. I think I told you about him, James. I went out with him and Griffin Benger and Liv and Igor one night here in, Lo- uh, here in London. See, I told you I don't know what country I'm in. Uh, one night in London. And uh, Rory and Griffin have, like, this pretty interesting story about how they met. I'll probably screw it up a little bit, but apparently they were playing, like, in the same game in Canada. And Griffin, like, felted him for, like, he had, like, just shown up in the country. And, like, Rory, like, last the, lost, like, the last 
dollars to his name, and Griffin uh, was the guy who like cracked his aces or something to basically break this guy and put him on the street. <laughs> and they ended up becoming really good friends over it. And like Griffin ended up helping him out, and now they're like little besties. But he was at that WCOOP final table, so I'm interested. Uh, I'm very excited to uh, get together. Stapes and Staples happening tomorrow, although this is podcast land, so tomorrow will definitely have already happened, so go check out the replay on Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv slash pokerstars. You will be able to replay however many hours uh, Stapes and Staples cover of this. Rory, Mr. King Bull Brown from Ireland, I believe is the player you're referring to, Joe, who came in sixth for $273,000. I mentioned there was a four-way deal. Three players became millionaires in this event, including the eventual winner. Wow. Uh, A $10 million guaranteed prize pool in this event, which brings the WCOOP to a close. A reminder uh, that you can watch some of those replays of the coverage that some of the pros and people like Joe have been doing over the last few weeks. Plus, of course, there are write-ups of the final tables on the PokerStarsBlog.com. TV Recap. Shark Cage, Episode 3, Heat 2, Season 2. Sarah Shafak, Theo Jorgensen, Grinder, Maria Ho, Sindis and Spox, The Psychic, Ike Hollywood Haxton. James, I remembered the names of all of those people without even uh, having to look them up when I was when I was doing my little outline for the show today. Well, I should hope so, Joe, because there was no need <laughs> to revisit this show this week because we only actually recorded the voiceover for it for the final version last Friday. So it's very, very fresh in my memory. And this was one I was really looking forward to, and I'm glad it came out the way it did because this was a great concept, the redemption heat. Take five guys plus the qualifier, five guys who were runners-up in season two. And in a winner-takes-all format, finishing second is so hard. It's so brutal. So let's give them another ch- another chance. Let's give them a shot at redemption. So the players you reeled off there uh, all came second first time around and now all looking to go one step further and make it to the final table. Yeah, and this was actually one of my favorite uh, episodes or slash uh, heats because specifically for two different reasons. One, Theo and Grinder take advantage of the shark cage format unlike any two players I've ever seen. They are playing every single hand and they are just trying to get to rivers so they can bluff and rebluff each other and it's great. Yeah, I mean it's very very much um, about them. For sure, this show. It is battle after battle between Theo and Grinder. And I was just checking, Joe, while you were speaking there about whether the show is available on YouTube. And I can confirm it is because Dana Cravens just tweeted, squee, squee, squee. It's episode 333, hashtag Shark Cage, with a link to the video at youtube.com slash PokerStars for those of you who didn't get to see it on Channel 4 in the UK. James, we should consider having Dana Craven on as a super fan. She's been on. Uh, anyway, uh, one of my favorite, <laughs> this is also one of my favorite loose cannons of all time too, James. Uh, this guy. Psychic uh, Sindis. Psychic Sindis. Psychic Sindis. Sindis and Spox, or as it sounds, I kept, I kept, always think, uh, sounded like people were saying Cindy's Xbox. He should think of getting an endorsement deal. Yeah, I know. That would be awesome. But the fact that he, uh, I say, I'll say claims to be he. I'll, I'll say he is a psychic because he does do it as a profession. So, you know, even though magic isn't real, you can still be a magician. 
I suppose. Um, and just James, for me, you know how hard it is and how much pride I take in making jokes. And, you know, I've been making jokes about the same six dozen poker players for five years and to finally have some cannon fodder. So a guy who's a psychic just opened up a whole new world of things I could goof on this guy for. So I was really grateful to have Sindis around. Who do you think was more cynical about his status as a psychic? You or the players at the table? I think the player. I think I was more outwardly cynical, but because they had to look him in the eye. Yeah, I didn't. I got to. I got to talk a bunch of shit behind his back. So, uh, I think if I were at the table, that I probably would have been a little bit more respectful about it. But God, come on, psychics! What a joke. <laughs> well, Tall Paul tweets: This guy on Shark Cage says he can see into the future. So can I. He won't win. Find out next week, Paul, if you are more psychic than Cindy's. Uh, Josh Hughes enjoys the show. Nice bit of Shark Cage. Can't wait to play along for the first time and win that free roll ticket. So Josh has got the play along app on his smartphone or tablet. Uh, Tommy enjoyed the show. Ike had him in absolute stitches. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say um, Ike Haxton very outwardly displayed his cynicism towards Cindy's claim of psychic powers. So funny. Um, I'll give you a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, gossip about this show, actually. Um, in putting together the lineup, Sarah Shafak was never actually meant to be part of this heat. Did you know that? So you're saying that she's like uh, Harrison Ford being added to Indiana Jones at the last second? Well, I mean, Sarah qualifies for redemption because she was the runner-up to Kara Scott in season one, but we were trying to save her for Monaco in the sense that we wanted to reunite Sarah Shafak with Ronnie Bader and see if we could recreate that moment um, that obviously has been seen by everyone on the internet. But what happened is that Jason Alexander had to pull out at the last moment. Jason, of course, was the runner-up to Gareth Coles in the first ever Shark Cage Heat at the PCA the year before. Um, it would have been great to have Jason back for season two, but he couldn't make it, so we were a player down. And obviously, if the theme of the show is people who finish second, you can't just replace him with anyone. So we had to bring Sarah back a heat or two early. But on the one hand, glad she came back. On the other hand, just wasn't the same thing, right? Well, no, it, it definitely wasn't the same thing. It, things went so differently for Sarah. Um, you know, I guess it would go differently for everyone except for the one person who ends up finishing second. But Sarah just, you know, she played that first hand and it did not go well for her. And then she kind of didn't have the opportunity to, to do anything wacky after that. It was kind of like one of those deals where like, the sequel just sort of fizzles out and I don't I don't think it's anyone's fault necessarily. Like that's poker. Like sometimes sometimes it's a short day. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the show concluded with us having to say goodbye to Sarah Shafak. But the good news is that we can say hello to her today because joining us on EPT Not Live, making her debut on the podcast is Miss Finland herself, Sarah Shafak. Hello Sarah. Hi, thank you so much. I believe nom, nom. You are on <laughs> Poker Stars Island right now. You are on the Isle of Man. Yes, finally. And this is for the UK IPT that's taking place there? Yeah. Anything else you're doing while you're there, visiting the Poker Stars office, schmoozing with the fat cat, all that jazz? Yeah, everything. <laughs> and I have to ask, how mm -hmm. is the weather on the Isle of Man? Because from my experience, it is Horno <laughs> Ilma. <laughs> Today it is 
awesome weather. So upea ilma is today. Out in Kopaista? Yes, totally. Wow. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of left out here with you two speaking this funny language while I just have to sit here and watch you guys flirt. Sorry, Joe, I'm, I'm utilizing the five or six words of Finnish that I can actually use. So just let me have my 10-second moment and then, then, then I'll stop, I promise. <laughs> Go ahead, you got three more words left. Use them. Palion uh, pilvia? Ei ollenkaan, not at all. Okidoki. Kitos. <laughs> Wait, Sarah, okie-dokie is a thing in Finnish? Yeah, it, it is. It's like okay, but it's like funny way to say okie-dokie, okie-dokie, as you can say. I don't no, know. No, I say okie-dokie all the time. I just didn't know I was speaking Finnish. Turns out me <laughs> oh, and Sarah Shafek <laughs> speak the same language. <laughs> Sarah, have you played much poker between uh, Shark Cage and now? Yeah, of course I have. What do you do in the meantime? How do you practice? How do you keep your poker game sharp? Um, I just play nothing more. Simple. You play online, That's you play, you got a local casino, a home game? Uh, I play online. Like, our casino is a bit smaller than outside of the world. So, <laughs> yeah, I prefer to play online when I'm in Finland. You seemed a little bummed out when oh, you yeah. uh, went broke from Shark Cage last night. How long did it take you to start playing poker again? Were you just back immediately? Oh yeah, so I went back to backstage. I start playing uh, online, and after the interviews were done, I went back to my room and like rest because I was sick on that day. Unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something I don't think came across in the TV show. Actually, Joe, is the fact that Sarah wasn't feeling well. I think yeah. it was clear that. It kind of didn't go the same way this time as it went in season one. And obviously that first hand was obviously a major blow because yeah. Theo gets there on the end. He raises you on the river. You yeah. lose a huge chunk of your chips. And I kind of felt sorry for you for two reasons. Number one, because you lost a lot of your chips, but yeah. also you shouldn't have because Theo shouldn't be raising there because yeah. with the shark cage dynamic, he should just be calling. What, what, yeah. a, what an idiot. <laughs> No, he played well, and um, um, as he said that he he was, uh, as he said earlier, along in the in the game, he said that um, I think Sarah is not bluffing this time because he did it last time. So I think he went good, like played good. Do you think he got? It was there. Do you think there was expectation that you were going to do something similar again? And do you think that maybe played into why that first pot was so big? Yeah, I, I think so. And do you think that if the cards hadn't been what they were, you know, obviously you guys both had legit hands. Yeah. Um, do you think had it not been like that, were you going to try to do the same thing again on the very first hand? Um, I don't know. I mean, um, it's very hard. I don't know. I, I just trust my intuition and guts and play my cards like every hand is different hand. So I play it like that. But also you said in the interview before the show, and I think you said to the guys yeah. at the table that with that hand being seen by so many people, I mean, what's that now on YouTube? 3.1, 3.2 million views. Like everyone knows that you did that once yeah <laughs> so there's this bizarre expectation that ah she's always going to do that so yeah. in reality you can never do it again it's of changed course. the game forever well yeah but of course i bluff of course it's just i mean poker is, is it's the storytelling either you believe my lies or you don't like it depends on the table and the hand and the situation of course i bluff if i see the great opportunity to that and it's it's fun but never like 
do it so often. But I mean, like when now everybody saw it, I can't do it that often. That's true. But like, I like it. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Do you wish? Yeah. Do you wish that that clip had been less viral? Like, has it hurt your poker game? Yeah, sometimes I must be honest. Sometimes I wish, but like poker is poker, and um, uh, you have to change your game plan all the time and be on point, like on time. Like, how do you say it in English? But like, you have to be in changing your style of playing all the time, and it, yeah. How can I explain it more? I know yeah. you mean, you've got to mix it up. You you've got to change yeah. gears. Those are the expressions yeah. that we would normally use. But yeah. with the combination of that first hand and the combination of you not feeling very well, mm. it just felt that after that you just never were able to actually get into the game. Yeah. The main thing is it didn't put you off because you looked so unhappy yeah. when you left the table. We're thinking, well, that's the last time we ever see Sarah at a live oh. event. But obviously since then we saw you in Malta, you were in Barcelona. Yeah. You, you, we mentioned you're at the UK pt in the isle of man right now are you going to be coming back to malta at the end of october um actually i am not going back to malta this year uh but i love i love the place of course but i'm going to represent poker stars at the world poker tour at south africa this year so yeah i know it will be awesome and i shall bring glory to the stars <laughs> nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. I had a couple of non-poker things oh, yeah? I wanted to ask you about. The first the first one being this video that I found on your Facebook page. Hold on one second here. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Shut up, you. Shut <laughs> up your mouth. So this is Sarah laying on her back saying la-la-la-la, at which point her boyfriend starts to rub his nipple. What's happening in this video? <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge weirdo. I, I do a lot of weird things. But, like, yeah, you, you saw what happened. He rubbed his nipple and he said to me, like, like OM, OMG, or what, what was it? But, yeah, that's my basic life of weirdness. Okay. I would love to see... <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. I would like to see more weird videos from Sarah Shafik of her just saying la 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 or do 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 or nom nom. Uh, I did see another thing on social media of you with a hat pulled down over your face and a hoodie over the hat, and you are wearing everybody loves a chop pot branded Joe, clothes. Joe, yeah. It's everyone loves a chop pot. You of all people should get it right. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I started my own competing brand of everybody <laughs> loves a chop pot. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, I, I love the I love the hoodie and it's it's so comfy. So if I could work with that twenty four seven, I could. I I would do that. Well, now the problem is that I can't read finish. So what did the caption actually say? It says like um the feeling when you don't want um anyone to recognize you in public. This is the way you should be dressed. That's a, to be fair. I wanted to brag to all my friends that Miss Finland was wearing a clothing with a with a catchphrase that I helped to popularize, and no one believed me because we couldn't see your face. <laughs> I can send you one. Where where is my face showing? <laughs> She's just promised to send Go you ahead, photographs Joe. of herself, Joe. Uh, yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, it's not like there's any shortage of them on the internet, and that's kind of that's kind of what the game I wanted to play uh, with Sarah <laughs> right now. Sarah, do you have time to play a quick little game with us? Oh, uh, sure, of course, always. All right. I was hoping you'd play a little Sarah Shafak trivia with us. How well do you know yourself and what's out there about you on the internet? Sarah, in JVG's rap song named after you, what is the second word of the song? Um, um, um. <laughs> I can't remember. Why are you? Oh, no. 
Oh, you mean my lyrics are the guy's lyrics? The guy's lyrics. Um, I can't recall. I only remember mine. I'm so, I'm so horrible. <laughs> the second word, from what I can tell, is the word bitch. He says uh, something bitch. I have to. I one have of to the... <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the lyric sites has it down as BMW bitch, but that's not what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Sarah, do you know the name of the album that the song Sarah Shafak is on? Um, it's called I guess Boy Tola Uahan. Correct. You know what yeah. track it is? Track? Yeah, it's it's uh, seven. But I am not in the in in the track. I'm I'm uh, just on the remix part. On like ah, uh, Sarah's. Just in the remix. Next question, Sarah, on your cooking show, mm -hmm. to which food item did you shout, why are you so ugly? <laughs> I can't recall. There is lots of episodes. From what I could tell, they were muffins. You were shouting, why um, are you so ugly oh, at a yeah. tray full of muffins. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, by the way, if you guys haven't seen that show, I would recommend looking it up on YouTube, even if you don't speak Finnish. It's pretty hilarious. Question number four. In your Zoom poker challenge video, what do you say while bluffing a pot? What do you say to your opponent while bluffing a pot with pocket fives? Zoom poker. Um, when was that? That's when you're in the hair salon getting your hair dyed, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 ah, uh, it's like a year ago. I can't remember. No. Sarah says, Mwahaha, in your face. Oh my God. <laughs> By the way, you are one and three right now, proving that you don't know Sarah Shafak. I Shafak. don't know myself. That's Sarah me. Shafak has not watched enough of herself, as much of herself on the internet as I have. <laughs> All right. Story checks couple out. Couple more questions. Couple more questions to go, and I think Sarah's yeah. going to get these ones because they actually get a little easier, a little more factual. I hope uh, so. On the, TV, on the TV show Posse, what did yeah. you smear on the person's head who is sitting in front of you? Um, uh, uh, it was mustard and, um, something, yeah? Mustard is what we were looking for. To be honest, I, I assume that's correct. I had no idea. James, there's this show that she's on. Sarah, you gotta tell us what the hell this thing is. There's this show where it's a bunch of people sitting around the dinner table, but <laughs> where plates should be are people's heads. What? And they're putting food on the people. There's like yeah. dudes under the table. Sarah, what the hell is happening in that show? Well, those guys are the um, uh, famous, the dude sons. The, oh yeah, they're like the yeah. Finnish jackass. Yes, and um, yeah, Posse is kind of like um, stunt reality TV show where the celebrities just stunt moves. Those, you know, stunts. I see, like Jackass. Got it. I got to yeah. tell you, when I when I saw that I could uh, look up Sarah's posse on the internet, I was disappointed to find out that the spelling uh, was not what I thought it was. Uh, question number six: On your LinkedIn page, you list that you were one of Hollywood's top bikini bodies. What number did you come in at, according to your LinkedIn page? Um, um, I have to guess. Uh, I'm not sure, but was it 14 or 16? 14. 14. Sarah thinks very highly of herself. <laughs> 23 is what's listed on your LinkedIn page. Oh, we're two and four now. How many more questions, Joe? Last question. Last question. Sarah, on the site wikifeet.com, how many stars do your feet get? I have no idea. <laughs> Sarah, you'll be happy to know that you're on the site wikifeet.com, your feet 
get five out of five stars. Sadly, Sarah, your score is three and four. I have a supplementary, I have a follow-up question to Joe Stapleton. Did all this research get done for the purpose of this quiz, or is this just stuff that you found while perusing the internet, stalking Sarah Shafak? Let's just say I had to do no additional research for this game. Bombshell, we say thank you to Sarah Shafak, and we look forward to seeing you on the tour again soon. Yay! Cool. Thank you so much, guys, and have a good one. And and enjoy the rest of your time on PokerStars Island, and I shall. give it's that fat awesome. cat a stroke just from us. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Event recap. Event recap. So we got a couple of uh, events to recap this week. Uh, one of them I had to take a plane for. The other one I didn't, and it's not the way you think. <laughs> I flew back here yesterday morning what is this song this is good this sounds like a song that would be called blinds and justice do you know what i just searched justice on audio network and this came up isn't that great it's like the best producing tool ever you just type in a word and all of a sudden your brain just decides that yeah this fits what we want to talk about (laughs) i i flew into new york yesterday to host this uh really important charity event for vanessa selps uh it's for it was called blinds and justice and it's for a charity called uh the urban justice center and people will i actually tried to avoid using the phrase such a worthy cause uh during this uh this thing because people use it too much and i think this cause is so worthy that i didn't want to have a fucking cliche describe it basically what these guys do is they are free legal defense for the people of new york city who need it the most homeless people sex workers immigrants people who you know really have no alternative uh you know for folks who are getting evicted you know for little to no reason stuff like that you know how many times in your life james have you like wished that you had like the money to hire a lawyer you know when somebody was giving you the scroogey and then put yourself in the shoes of someone that like literally is being screwed out of yeah. like, something important, like where they live or being thrown out of the country. So I think it's just a, it's a really important, uh, really important cause. So I was happy to be there. But what I what made things difficult for me is obviously James. You know that my whole thing is I think the word is irreverent. Am I using that word properly? Yeah, you are irreverent, and sometimes irrelevant. I'm often irrelevant, sometimes irrelevant. I don't know. Sometimes I can't speak English. But uh, it was hard to be irreverent at something that I thought deserved a lot of reverence. So I wasn't really sure how to approach it. I will say, James, that immediately when I got there, something so cool happened that I was basically free-rolling the rest of the night, even if I completely bombed. And I showed up, and they were doing a poker tutorial where uh, Andy Frankenberger was teaching poker at one table, and Daniel was teaching poker at another. And I just did a quick peek around the table, and none of the celebrities were there yet, except for Eric Bogosian was there, and he was standing on at one of the tables uh, listening to Andy Frankenberger. And when I walked by him, he looked up and like just g- and gave me a nod. And I was like, oh, this is like the famous person nod. Like you're just used to people recognizing you. So you just smile at them and acknowledge that they've recognized you. And I thought that was cool. And then when I was meeting uh, someone involved with a charity who was standing next to Eric, he turned around and said, hi, Joe, I'm Eric. And I was like, wow, he's like really good. One of those really good celebrities. He's that, like, done his research. For other people's. 
Well, no, I just thought he had like listened to someone saying my name and was also just doing like, you know, like the really, like a Jason Alexander who will like pick up your name and then be like, hey, James, how's it going? Even though you haven't ever really met before. But it turns out that wasn't the case either because he looks at me and he says, I think I watch more of you on television than any other celebrity or actor. Eric Bogosian watches our shows. Yes. This is the guy he loves the who was the radio host in Talk Radio, which may be my favorite Oliver Stone movie. A movie, by the way, which he wrote as well. Yeah, uh, and it's based on a play, and so uh, his play. And so a lot of people probably don't know this name, Eric Bogosian. Well, they bloody well should. Right, well, that's what I was getting to, is that you? they probably know him from like the bad guy from Under Siege 2, which I did zing him with during Sorry. the show at one point. Uh, or as the, uh, the 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 police captain from Law and Order: Criminal Intent, who ends up spoiler alert getting shot a bunch of times and dies, but uh, and that's the good one with D'Onofrio. That was my favorite one. But in addition to this, I just remember uh, like that when I was doing a little research on him, uh, so I could make some jokes. The guy is a prolific writer, advocate. Um, just like he's won tons of awards. He's done one man, but he's like a, I mean, this guy's a renaissance man. This is a very smart person who's written tons of stuff in movies. And for him to come up and say that he was a big fan of ours, it just completely floored me. I had no idea how to react to that, but I was thrilled. And I don't think he understood how happy I was that he was a fan of ours. No, I, that is that's amazing news. So we've had Daniel Radcliffe, Eric Bogosian. Let's just keep the list going because this is doing wonders for my ego. Yeah, he said that he just watches like he's watched everything he can possibly find on YouTube. Uh, he's he's watched of ours. He loves it. Oh, we could have had him on Shark Cage. Why didn't we know this six months ago? Well, that's it. We just got to make sure that we get a Shark Cage season three. Because okay. I told you, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Keegan Michael Key on the show for season three. Okay, I'm gonna we'll, make it my we'll, mission. Well, we'll try we'll try and get it off the ground. Just tell me who to talk to. I'll I'll, I'll get it done. Um, so on to like the MC thing, James. It was another one of those perfor- MC performances for me, where like no one was really paying attention. Uh oh, are we going back to like the uh, EPT awards from 2012? Are we in that kind of territory? Exactly. Like, and I didn't really feel it's really like I basically could have had the attention, but I didn't want to really be like, hello, everyone. If I could just get everyone to quiet down for a few seconds, I want to tell some jokes. And so <laughs> I decided to just sort of do them for the people who are listening. Uh, the jokes in the in the beginning went over pretty good. Uh, I did say that it was the uh, the biggest gig of my life because I was billed after Daniel, but before the caterer, <laughs> which I actually thought. I thought was pretty good for me. Uh, that's that's new, um, and so I did. Uh, I did write. I wrote bits for all the celebrities, and the ones that I did do that went well at the beginning. I talked about Hank Azaria and how naked he gets in uh, Ray Donovan season two, um, and I did. You know, it was the the weirdest thing for me. This whole thing was that Dulé Hill was there, and James, you bought me. We talked about this. You bought me every episode of The West Wing. Yeah, we talked uh, about this last probably, week. Yeah, and so. I, whenever I fly, I watch like four or five episodes of the West Wing and it was so weird like that I've watched. And because I was stuck in London, I, I've watched something like 10 or 12 episodes of the West Wing in like the last three days. And, and then, then the dude 10 Hill. years older is then standing in front of you that night. Yeah. And it's like, it, it was one of those weird situations where like, and I'm sure like people have told me, you know, that from listening to my podcast, this happens like, I felt like I knew him. 
Like I was like, like we'd been hanging out for the last few days. And yeah. so I just purposefully made that pretty awkward. And then I did a really fun thing with his, uh, his girlfriend who's on the show called ballers. Her name is Jasmine Simon. And so, uh, when I was doing research on everyone, of course I was using Wikipedia and she didn't have her own Wikipedia page. So I just made one for her <laughs> and then I, which again, I had her read it. Again, just highlights the fact that one should take what one reads on the internet with a healthy pinch of salt. Exactly, because Jasmine Simon's Wikipedia page reads, Jasmine Simon is a beloved actress, activist, and occasional poker player, most well-known for her role in the HBO comedy series Ballers. She recently made a very large donation to New York City's Urban Justice Center and is currently dating comedian, host of this charity event, and guy holding the microphone right now, Joe Stapleton. And that actually is still up on Wikipedia. I don't know if it's still up or not, but uh, I got her to read that out loud. And again, half the half the people weren't paying attention. The half that were did like the stuff. I will say that the only time I had people paying attention was like there was like a basically like a keynote speech in in the middle where everyone obviously was quiet while like the director of the charity spoke and then they showed this video about sort of the history of the charity and I had seen the video so I wrote like a bunch of jokes based on the video and those completely bombed like totally totally bombed so the video is over um and so like basically they had had this landmark case about that where they won food stamps for like thousands of people who had been like illegally denied food stamps and i made a joke about how um I was actually really disappointed when they did that, when I found out the settlement did not apply to people who still had two stamps to go when Subway ended their sandwich loyalty program. And that was like crickets. And then I knew I was losing them. So then I tried one more uh, and that there's this fact out there that the Urban Justice Center generated over 400 news stories in 2014. Uh, And my favorite was BuzzFeed's top 23 90s cartoon references you only get if you're a pro bono attorney. (laughs) Number 17, change my perspective on everything. And that joke I think is pretty good. I I got a few laughs like... I got them back a little bit, and then at this point, there was a silent auction going on, and I, you've probably heard, you've heard this story a million times, James, but you know how one time Daniel Negreanu left underwear at my apartment? Yes. Well, I brought the underwear, and I added them at this point when I felt like, oh my God, I'm bombing up here. I got to do something. I added the underwear to the silent auction. I told people, for 1000 bucks they could have the underwear. For 2000 bucks they could know the circumstances surrounding the fact that they were left in my apartment. And for 5000 I would send them the video. <laughs> Had that, by the way, those, those, that underwear, has it been cleaned? Yeah, it's been clean, but here's the thing is one girl offered to buy it, and I told her that in addition to Daniel having worn them, I have also worn them, and she immediately retracted her off- her offer. Well, I mean, when you say this is the pair of pants that Daniel Negreanu left at my house, you're thinking that they probably still contain essence of Daniel, and that's the appeal. That's why someone would want to buy them. If they've then been washed and worn by someone else who's not Daniel Negreanu, I- I'm with her on that. That's okay. You know, you're right. That's a very good point. We and Daniel just got to have another uh, another pajama party sometime soon. Yeah, I, I I would love to hear <laughs> that story, but I'm not paying money for it. Uh, just before we move on, because we've got another charity event to talk about as well. Mentioning Hank Azaria and mentioning Ray Donovan reminds me. Uh, a few people after last week's show have been asking me how far I've got with Battlestar Galactica. Now, I am going to watch it. 
but not right now. I've got too much going on on TV at the moment. Obviously, we're in the middle of the NFL season, so there's lots of games on. But also, I'm working my way through season three of Ray Donovan at the moment. And I brought this up in Barcelona, Joe, but I think I was working with Matt at the time rather than you. I figured out the multi-season story arc of Ray Donovan. You know where it's going. Ray Donovan just needs to take a giant shit. Because have you noticed whether he's <laughs> angry, emotional, upset, he just looks constipated all the time. And I'm figuring that when we get to the season finale, Ray's just going to have the most monstrous dump of all time and everything's going to be okay. I mean, it would be the most unique ending to a series I've ever seen. I mean, I would, I would stand up and applaud for that. That's fantastic. I, I think this is more of a comment of, of Lee Schreiber trying to channel emotions because every expression is, I need a poo. Well, I think you're seeing constipation, and what he's probably going for is consternation, and I think maybe <laughs> it's just a homo, it's like a homophonic problem. What about if he if the script right the script keeps talking about Ray gives look of consternation and he keeps misreading it? Right, exactly. And I mean, actually, it's probably a spelling error. And actually, he's an amazing actor who can totally channel constipation in every scene. It's right. It's a writing problem. It's not an acting <laughs> problem. He's he's nailing it. It's just the words on the page. Anyway, before you went to this event in New York, uh, obviously we had a charity night here in the UK. A big event on Friday of last week, Lads Night In, something that Pokestars was very closely involved in, uh, raising money and awareness for Prostate Cancer UK. Um I would like to point out that this is the third charity event final table in a row that I have final tabled, but sick brag aside... Oh, I, good for you! I absolutely love these events, and I love them for two reasons, and one is a purely selfish one, that they are enormous fun. I don't think you get an atmosphere in a poker tournament like a charity event in any other tournament. Now, partly that is because it's effectively a free roll. Yes, you're giving money to charity, but there's not a lot of money on the line and everyone's kind of having fun with it and no one really cares that much. So you get a great environment at the tables. And the other thing I like about them, and this is going to sound a little bit earnest, but I do genuinely mean it. I think it's really important that poker does this kind of stuff, whether it's Vanessa's event, raising money for the cause that you described, whether it's this event, uh, for Prostate Cancer UK, uh, whether it's the Helping Hands charities that PokerStar supports as well. I just think there is so much money in poker. I think it's very important to the image of the game that it's seen to actually do something worthwhile. Because otherwise, people can look at it as a very obscene pursuit. If you think about some of those super high roller events we've televised, Joe, where you've got players firing off three or four bullets and you're thinking oh my god you could buy an enormous house in most places in the world for that kind of money i therefore think you have to counterbalance that with showing the work that the game can do to raise money and awareness for good causes yeah james remember when like the one drop was happening and me and you were both kind of like i think i wrote an article um for bluff actually god rest its soul uh about uh, just how gross that all felt and i'm i'm totally on board with this too and i think that it's it works uh, you know we need it just for you know the positive pr of poker and to paint poker in a more positive light but i think also too in that um the charity events just have such a great feel to them and they're so much fun that i think you can get people to show up to a charity event who maybe would otherwise never play poker and they can actually see how fun the game can be so you know not only are we helping other people but we're helping ourselves a little bit too and we all know that like you know 
we got it. We got to help poker. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna be there for all for us for as long as we'd like it to be. Um, James, I feel like that I gotta. I'm gonna have to like. Run, I'm gonna basically run out of apology kittens this week because we got. We sent a basket to Farhan. I'm sending one right now to you, James Hardian, because uh, you guys out there will think this is pretty funny. But I did not find it funny at the time, and I I wish I could have laughed about it. But I spilled an entire glass of champagne on James's shirt. Just. I was gesticulating, and I just knocked his own champagne glass into him, and the whole thing went on him. And I got to tell you guys this. It's not a very entertaining story because he took it like a champ. I mean, basically, it was like, you you ever see like any of those movies where like a kid's got like an abusive father, and he like drops, drops a plate of food, and then he looks up expecting to get hit? <laughs> like, that's what I... I was like, oh, God. Oh, I just spilled champagne on James's shirt, knowing full well that, like, I would have been pretty angry, and I'm a pretty even-tempered guy. James tends to have a little bit of a shorter fuse than me, and he was like, it's okay, buddy. And I, like, I basically wanted to cry. I was like, at the feet of King Drawfrey, like, oh, my, my lord, my liege, your grace, thank you, your grace. Let me bring you a towel. I just thought it was a very middle-class problem to have. There's champagne all down my shirt. That's uh, actually really fucking funny. I didn't look at it that way. It, it, uh, it, it dried soon My enough. gold bar has dirt <laughs> all over it. <laughs> exactly. My Rolls Royce has a flat tire. Here's my view. If you're drinking a glass of free champagne, you can't complain if it ends up down your front. Um, it was a very fun night, and there's a few people we have to thank. Uh, not least Sue Hammett, who runs all of the charity stuff that we do here at PokerStars. Always puts on good events and always picks good causes uh, to raise money for. Uh, and of course, everyone who took part in that event as well. We had various celebrities there, former sports stars like uh, Kieran Bracken and Ray Parler. Uh, various members of Team Pro showed up. Liv was there. Uh, Jen Shahadi, PokerStars Mind Sports Ambassador. And, and Mickey Peterson, old Mickles from Team Pro Online, who revealed that he's a big fan of this show and was slightly freaked out when he was talking to us because Mickey revealed something rather strange. He listens to so many podcasts that in order to get through them all, he listens at double speed. So he's, I think that's fairly common. I think, I think a lot of people do that. So, Mickey, this message is just for you. Thank you. Or we could really Man, I fuck can't with believe. him. We could really fuck with him. <laughs> hey, Mickey Peterson, thank you very much for taking part in the story. You paid your back and you paid him back. Thank you very much. Um, great to catch up with Mickey. And um, uh, I'd like to put Mickey forward as a potential super fan, James. I wow. know that there are probably other regular people, but I mean, Mickey talked my ear off about the podcast. I think that I think that he would do well. Well, let's um. Let's put him on the list. Uh, and who else should we mention? Jake was there. Jake Cody, obviously a big supporter of the whole Lad Tonight In thing. Uh, he had his own private game, so came to the Hippodrome a bit later. Uh, by the way, Joe, can we just say, you talk about a great environment, a great atmosphere to play poker. I know we say it all the time, but that poker deck, and particularly the back room where the tournaments are held, is such a fantastic place to play. It's a great spot. Like David uh, Curtis and Carrie Jane just run the, uh, the awesome room over there at the Hippodrome. And that spot, you know what? We run into that problem when we do the caddy swim, when we do the uh, the media event at EPTs that we're always like somewhere where we're like bugging everybody else because, <laughs> you know, we're in like a big room. That room where they put the tournaments at the Hippodrome is awesome because you can't bother anyone. And it gets real rowdy up there. And also, um, 
how many times you've been to a casino when the drink service is like not very good and like just they're constantly up there with drinks. They got the massage girls. They got everything you could possibly want. I I did my typical. I bought massages for uh, for James and for Mickey and for my girlfriend. And I think the only person that was not horribly uncomfortable receiving it was James. <laughs> my girlfriend said that she was so uncomfortable getting the massage that she actually just wanted it to stop like she but she didn't want to offend the massage therapist like that's how much she didn't like it which is weird because she said it reminded her exactly of when i touch her so <laughs> oh it's pretty much the same thing i need and it, are, are we like are we in trouble for going by the way should i get another basket of apology kittens out because like like we were never actually like confirmed well, to have seats, and then all of a sudden... Well, the thing is, I, I, I was waiting, I was standing by to see what would happen, and uh, David Curtis, who runs the UK IPT, which we'll talk about in just a moment, said, guys, sit down, take a seat. So I took my lead from David. So I'm not blame-shifting. Oh, I'm completely blame-shifting. If anyone has let's a problem... Blame, let's just blame-shift. Talk to David. Talk to David. I mean, uh, I wrote to the person who I think might be a little upset with us, and she hasn't written me back, so I don't know. Mm. Uh, uh, it's just one more basket of apology kittens can just it can, it can never hurt <laughs> well while we're talking about the hippodrome and while we're talking about david curtis and the uk ipt let's go into the lobby right now on ept not live because there is a chance for you to play an awesome event at said casino uh between the 14th and the 18th of october so this is a couple of weeks away the uk ipt super series so this is like a miniature version of the uk and island poker tour uh, it, the main event, Joe, is a £550 event. Now, you and I have played the 250s that they run at the Hippodrome. This has got double the buy-in with three starting flights. There's Flight 1A, Flight 1B, Flight 1C over a two-day period. Day 2 on the Saturday, the final table on the Sunday. So, effectively, a three-day event if you want to play. There's some side events as well. Uh, there's a satellite. Uh, there's a hyper-turbo freeze-out. It looks like it's going to be a fun weekend at the Hippodrome, and there is a very good chance that I'm actually going to be playing in this UK IPT Super Series. And Joe, I guess if you're around in London, I don't know what your uh, diary's looking like for the next few weeks, maybe you'll be able to come along as well. James, you are reading my mind. No, wait, how is it that you get to play? Well, obviously, David has worked it out that it would be nice if I could be there, so he's asked for a special permission. And uh, Dave is an awesome dude, by the way. And if you ever play on the UK IPT, make sure you talk to David. He looks after all the players. And that's another thing. I know it sounds like we're just kind of, um, you know, flying the corporate flag or respecting the I don't do bay. that, so well, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, good. But then you can back me up on this for anyone who thinks that this is just blatant shilling. All of the people who run our live events really care about the players and really care about running good events. David is no exception, and that's why I would urge anyone to chat to him at UKIPT or go to an event like this at the Hippodrome starting on the 14th of October. I'm thinking I'm like uh, if this is part of me staying there, that's a, that's one reason to sweeten the deal if I uh, come and stay and play that event. Well, there you go, and I'm going to give you another reason, Joe. Because uh, I discovered something yesterday. Uh, I was perusing the PokerStars blog and I came across uh, an online event, an online series on PokerStars called Common Sense. Sense spelt C-E-N-T-S. You get it? I Yes. 
Now, this is something that sounds... It's a, a word joke. It's a word joke. And it's something that's kind of similar to the Micro Millions in that it's a series of events geared at people with small bankrolls. And it kicks off on the 5th of October. Now, see if you can do the math on this one, Joe. The first okay. event is called the Common Sense Kickoff. It costs one cent, one penny to play. Shouldn't it be called the Common Sense Kickoff? Well, because the series is common sense. By the way, I've 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 been doing some calculations. This event, yeah. this festival, running I think between like the fifth and the eleventh of October. Uh, if you want to play every single event, it's going to cost you six dollars fifty. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What if we're not millionaires? Can we satellite in? Uh, I sadly there are no half cent satellites into the one cent kickoff <laughs> event. So so do the numbers on this one, Joe. Do the numbers on this one. What do you reckon okay. the prize pool in this one cent event? What do you reckon the prize pool is guaranteed at in a one cent tournament? Okay, so if it's one cent, if I wanted to say, if my initial instinct is to say that the prize pool is guaranteed to be a thousand dollars, how many entries is that? A thousand. A hundred thousand. Yeah, that needs a hundred thousand entries to get a one thousand dollar prize pool. All right, so I'm gonna go lower then. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. So wait, so a hundred thousand entries would so be a thousand dollar guarantee. Would be right. So five hundred dollar guarantee would be fifty thousand entries. I'll go a five hundred dollar guarantee. Okay, the guarantee on this is one hundred thousand dollars. What? Now, wait, 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 wait. What? Now, do you want something? Do you want to hear something even crazier? The field now is, I know why I'm staying in Christian hotels because they're using all my travel money to hit freaking guarantees. No, there is there's no way we can hit the guarantee on this. Do you know why? It's capped at around two hundred thousand players. Poker Stars is overlaying ninety eight grand in this thing. This is this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. It's ninety eight thousand dollars in added money, effectively a one hundred thousand dollar prize pool for a one cent tournament. So just to be clear, what is everyone, the point of this? Like, what is that? What is the real reason? Like, why are they doing this? Like, just to see how it's many, giving something uh, back can, to the players in the same way. It's like a free roll. It's giving something back. It's a gives these backsies. It's not like a, like a marketing thing or. Well, a, I mean, obviously, it's the idea is to get people playing in this series and try and invest their six dollars fifty in the uh, tournaments that are running between the fifth and the eleventh. But this particular event on October the fifth at five past two Eastern time already has one hundred and fifty three thousand players registered. That means there are well, fewer. you gotta register now then, right? There, if exactly because there's fewer than fifty thousand spots available in this, and there is ninety eight grand in added money from PokerStars. Ah, shitballs. I can't register for it, James, because I'm here, because I'm in the US. Well, one other thing before we exit the lobby, because there's a lot going on right now that I think our listeners will be interested in. Um, this is a tournament which you and I have played in the past, Joe, and I know that people are a fan of the red spade open this is a 55 dollars buying event so granted this is gonna cost you a little bit more than the uh than the common sense events. slightly but there are satellites available for this some of them as cheap as 55 cents the 55 dollars red spade open the great thing about this one is it has a one million dollar guaranteed prize pool and there are bounties on the heads of members of team pro and team pro online taking part in this uh, so there's a chance to win money without cashing, if that makes any sense. You don't have to finish in one of the top spots 
to cash, knock someone out, and there's real money going into your PokerStars account, assuming that they have the red spade against their name. Hence, Date, red please. spade open. Uh, that is taking place, sorry, Joe, the 4th of October at 3 p.m. Eastern. Ah, uh, more shitballs. I'm not in London for that either. Son of a... I like that one. Yeah, great event. So, a lot going on online and offline, which I think should get you playing as much poker as possible. Play on PokerStars. Play at PokerStars Live. I agree with James. Play on PokerStars. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. And this week, Joe, we are going to one of our favorite countries in the world. We're going to Canada and saying good morning to Pedro, not Tony Almeida. Hi there, guys. What up, Pedro? I am really happy Pedro is here, but I am a little disappointed that his uh, cousin Tony couldn't make it. <laughs> He's too busy right now. There are terrorists to be tackled. <laughs> CTU is not an easy job. Pedro, what is your job? I'm a health and safety um, coordinator for a software company. Health and safety, ex safety experts. So does that mean that you like go around and tell people that they're like not typing on their keyboards properly and they have bad posture and stuff like that? Yeah, that's one of the things. Like I, I check for, for that sort of stuff or, or any possible hazards in the workplace that could cause accidents. So, like, if there's, a, like, a big pile of oily rags, you'll be, like, on top of that? Oh, yeah, like white on rice. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're not advising people on health and safety issues, Pedro, well, you are indeed a super fan. Uh, you're a regular viewer of EPT Live. You listen to the podcast. And we appreciate your positive feedback. We appreciate your support. Oh, you guys do a great job. And uh, regardless of what other people say, I think you guys are the two best poker commentators in the business. He's talking to you, Daniel Negreanu. He's talking to you. Uh, Pedro, you know what's at stake here. Uh, you know you're going to get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. That, at the very least, will be your consolation prize. But should you win the challenge against Joe Stapleton, you will receive a tournament ticket worth €27, Euros, which is a Step C ticket, putting you on the first step of the way towards playing an EPT main event yourself. Because we'd love to see you in Europe, Pedro. We'd love to see you play on the European Poker Tour. Well, wow, that would be amazing. So go easy on me, guys. Well, you have chosen as your specialist subject season one of Shark Cage because season two is currently airing. Uh, and I know you've been following the shows on YouTube, but I thought we'd go back to season one. What I like to call classic Shark Cage. Um, <laughs> and trust me, your memory of these TV shows, your memory of season one will be so much better than Joe Stapleton's, who can't hey, even remember hey, hey, the hey. TV show we voiced on Friday. That is, that unfortunately, that is 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> so first, Pedro, as you are, uh, as you are our honoured guest, we are going to allow you to choose one of two categories here. Now, category one is qualifiers. Category two is finalists. Which category are you selecting? Uh, let's go with qualifiers. Okay. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, Pedro, to sure. name as many of the qualifiers from season one as you can. But warning, if you say the name of someone who is not a qualifier, that's it. You're out of the game. So they Ooh, have to be... I like this. They have to be real qualifiers. You can't just shout John, Paul, Ringo, Terry, do I, Mitch. 
Do I have to say the full name? Or no, just first I just name? need first names only of the eight qualifiers who took part in Shark Cage Season 1. 30 seconds starts now. Gareth, Dana, Matthew, Frederick, um, Susanna, Muskan, <laughs> Gunther, and David. My god, he got all eight! He just went eight for eight inside of 15 seconds! All Wait, right. is that is that eight points? Does he get eight points for that? He gets eight points for that, Joe. All right, well, hey, good job, everybody. That's all the time we've got for Superman versus Stakes. <laughs> it's not over it was yet. Was nice playing with it? It's not over yet, Joe, because now comes your oh, question. Oh, God. Now, because no, this is going to be so embarrassing. It's not going mean, to be I embarrassing. Been, I would have been, been like Gareth and... Um, the guy in the giraffe Gunter. suit. And <laughs> I would have yeah. got, got Gunter, Gareth. I would have got Gunter, Gareth, and the guy in the giraffe suit. Yes, that's what. That was what would be my three answers. Yeah, then Matthew. So Pedro Wait. chose qualifiers, which means by default, Joe, you get finalists. Same rules apply. Only this time, I want first name and last name. I want the eight finalists from Shark Cage season one, and your thirty seconds start now. Gareth Coles. Griffin Benger, Kara Scott. He's got three. Um, Victoria Corin Mitchell. Yes, that's four. Bill, Bill, Bill Perkins. Yes, that's five. There's just one more. No, there are three more. There were eight in the final this, in season one. Ah, shit. And you're running out of time. Um, who? Uh, I, uh, I don't have access Mike to McDonald. I don't have Mike access Tindall. to the soundboard. Too late because you said McDonald before Tyndall. McDonald was not in the final, so it ends there. And you scored I'm... a respectable five. But but you know what, guys? I'm a little disappointed. Uh, he, he forgot Ole Shemian, the master of swag. That's true. The ones you yep. didn't get. All... So you got Tyndall too late, Joe. Uh, yeah. Pedro's told you that Ole Shemian was one of the others. The eighth finalist, Philip Gruesome. Yeah, well, I mean, although Ole Shemian is the Sultan of Swag, he was boring as fuck on the Shark Cage finale. So, <laughs> and his, sorry I didn't remember him. And his angle shoot led to a rule change for season two. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of his tactics. He was not in the spirit of the game. So here's the thing, Joe. It's it's eight five, and there's still all right. There's still okay. a round to go, and I'm I'm I'm. Oh, I, good for you. You're still in the game. Pedro hasn't walked away okay. with this just yet. So yeah, but Pedro came out of the box so strong, it's like I got no shot. Like, he's just going to crush it. So the next game is slightly different. And once again, Pedro, I want you to pick one of two categories. Category one is celebrities. Category two is team pro. I'll go with celebrities. Okay. So, Joe, your question will be about team pro. So I'm going to oh, reel off the names of some of the celebrities who took part in Shark Cage Season 1. The game is called Cage or No Cage. Very simply, Pedro, did sure. they get sent to the cage? So here we go. Jason Alexander. Cage. Correct. Jennifer Tilly. Uh, no cage. Correct. Shannon Elizabeth. Cage. Correct. Jeremy Roenick. Cage. Correct. Mike Tyndall. No cage. Correct. Pedro just went five for five and is now sitting on 13 points. To be fair, I would have got I would have gotten all of those. I, that's why you could hear me hitting the correct button before, because uh, I knew them all. Good job, Pedro. Good job. Okay, well, Thanks, Joe, guys. Let, let's see how well you do on Team Pro, Joe. So same rules right. apply, cage or no cage. Theo Jorgensen. Okay. Uh, cage. Correct. Jason Mercier. No cage. Correct. Fatima DeMelo. No cage. Correct. Vanessa Selbst. 
Uh, Cage. Correct. Eugene Kachalov. Cage. No! Shit balls! Four points, Joe, meaning you end with a score of nine, but Pedro may be the first superfan, or maybe the second superfan in history, with an unblemished record, all of his questions correct, 13 points, which means, Pedro, you have won this week's edition of Superfan vs. States, which all means, right. in addition to that Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, we are going to ship you a Stepsy ticket worth 27 euros. All right, great. Thanks, guys. And Pedro, thank you for your continued support, and we hope you enjoy the rest of season two of Shark Cage. I know you like the fact that we split the heats over two shows. Yeah, I find it a lot better. Uh, I mean, I think it's it gives you a lot more poker hands. The the first season, I, I think it missed a little bit of the poker game. Well, I'm glad you like the improvement, and we look forward to hearing from from you on the Twitters uh, when we stream from Malta at the end of October. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'm taking some days off actually in order to to be able to watch the stream full days instead of just half days Jeez, wow <laughs> that is what makes a super fan people and i'm glad you won the game pedro and i'm glad you did it in such convincing style congratulations once again and thank you for giving up your time to join us on the show today no problem my pleasure anytime guys thanks All right, guys, that's all the time we've got for this week's show. But before we get out of here, I would like to, uh, you know, James mentioned earlier that John Barry has been tweeting up a storm. And one of the things he tweeted at us this week is he is finally, he's the first one to come through (laughs) and revolutionize televised poker by creating his very own poker stars fart track this is how you become a super fan people john barry is already a super fan this is how you become a super fan uh james have you got the clip is it ready here we go here is john barry's attempt to fartify shark cage this is why we're watching kids spots like these definitely my favorite part of the pokerstars.com shark cage (laughs) (laughs) chris is going to the cage Got him. <laughs> Someone had to do it. Oh, there you go. oh <laughs> man, wow. Sergio. Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> Sorry, not. Oh, this is so painful. Wait, I gotta. I gotta calm down now. <laughs> cage rush. Is there a bathroom in that church cage? Because I got so many chips, I might just come so I can go to the bathroom. If y'all don't hurry, there might be. <laughs> I learned one thing. You don't want to be in here. This kind of stinks. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So good. And I would recommend watching the video that goes along with it. Uh, you guys should try to track down John Barry on, on Twitter. I think John, by the way, gets extra marks for re-editing that so that it was obviously a kind of highlight reel of moments where the fart actually really fitted. Yeah, it was fantastic. His was better than mine, if I could be perfectly honest. But uh, as I... As I mentioned before, that is it. That's all the time we got for this week's show. Next week will be the end of Shark Cage Heat number two. And the winner of that heat will be on the show. I will be back in the UK. James Hardigan will be in the UK. James, any last words? Am I about to be executed? Well, no, it's just because I can't see you. I can't tell if you have anything to say, so I don't want to cut you off. Oh, I see. Um, Other than keep those superfan submissions coming in. Hashtag EBTNotLive. Hashtag uh, EPT Not Live. Use it. Tweet at us. And uh, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>